Hi, Miel here, and I am ready to bring you another mic drop episode of the Energy of the Untamed Heart podcast. My special guest today is Laura Parkinson. She is a certified, highly advanced EFT tapping practitioner and trainer. As a previous social worker who specialized in working with young adults in trauma recovery, she is now utilizing her vast experience in healing modalities to help deeply feeling women blast through years of pain and emotional turmoil so that they can see how divinely created they are and start living life from this ultimate truth. She is also a certified quantum and practical numerologist, a universal laws coach, and founder of a coaching business called Self Love Rebel. I'm so excited to share this conversation with you all. Hey guys, you're listening to the Energy of the Untamed Heart podcast, where we talk about uncaging your divinely gifted wild heart to be as free and expansive as you were born to be. My goal is to use our stories, guest interviews, and your questions to tease out what has been keeping your wild heart under wraps. I'm your host, Miel Fox, and together we will shatter the myths of our old stories to set our wild heart free. So thanks for choosing you and showing up today. Pieces of the backstory make a difference for other people to feel heard, seen, like, oh, you mean it's not just me? Oh. I am so grateful to our social worker community that services our youth because it's desperately needed. And at the same time, I'm like, oh, God bless them. That is such a burnout job. Mm -hmm. So my guess is now that you're in a completely non-brick and mortar environment, are you willing to share some of what made you make the transition? Where did you see a need that you felt you could fulfill your purpose by bringing your skills forward. Of course, I actually love talking about this because the things that drew me to social work tend to be some of the foundational things that I work on with my clients because what drew me to social work was a real deep desire to be of service It was a real awareness of the suffering and injustice in the world and wanting to be a part of the solution for that. Underneath that was a deep sense of unworthiness and needing to prove my worth and prove the space um, that I take up on this planet, really pay my debts to be here social work felt like a very natural way for me to do that. For me to believe that, oh, okay, now I'm good enough. Now I have selflessly devoted my career to hopefully helping to decrease the suffering on this planet. So I think this is at the core of the work that I do is there is this deep thread that so many women feel of unworthiness and needing to be something or do something in order to feel like they can actually take up space here, that they are good enough for this life. In my career, there are many beautiful aspects of being a social worker. Don't get me wrong. The work can be profoundly fulfilling, but I also was working within a system that is inherently broken And 
when you're a social worker in the field of child welfare, pushing papers around means you're actually moving human beings around. You're pushing human beings around and they're, they're letters on a paper. That was a painful realization for me. So towards the end of my career, I started pushing back. I would push back to anybody I could in standing up for and advocating for the youth who were in my care. I managed group homes for high-risk youth in ministry care for kids who were deemed quote-unquote unhousable. Otherwise, they couldn't really make it work in a foster placement. The group homes that I managed, we tended to be like the last resort for these children. So I started really pushing back. And what happened was I started getting in trouble because I started making waves and it came from a place of anger and frustration. This was not an empowered place for sure. I was angry. I was frustrated. I didn't know how else to be in that situation. I just had this realization that everything my spouse had been saying to me for years, you know, this job is killing you and you're bringing it home and we can all feel it. And you're kind of impatient with the kids and all those things that I didn't really see it. I suddenly saw it. And that's when I knew that that sense of unworthiness that I was attempting to fill was not going to be filled by this job or this career. And that this call to be of service to help decrease the suffering on this planet, uh, this was great. This was a great, like, throw me in the ring and, you know, get a few punches in, get knocked down, see what actually happens behind closed doors, see what humans are capable of doing to each other, what adults are capable of doing to children, that kind of thing. See it so that you can now learn how to be okay with that because you need to be okay with the suffering in order to have an impact to improve it. As long as I was, and I don't say be okay, like I'm okay that it happens, but not be broken by the knowing that it happens. That's what I mean by be okay. I left my social work career behind. It's a very telling story in that I think we as humans innately want to fix. We want to take away the sorrows and the pain of the children. We want to create a better place for the collective we want it's a little kumbaya like we want everybody to have peace love and understanding okay sure we do we absolutely do but the reality of how humans exist on this earth and the things that we say and do not only to others but to ourselves and how those projections shape and mold entire societies Mm -hmm. The polarity of it to me, I find very interesting. And I find I'm in healthcare, as you know, and it's something similar. People who go into fields that involve caretaking, nurturing, guidance, therapy, that sort of thing, oftentimes at our core, it is a way for us to process through or attempt to process through areas of our own being that we have buried, hidden, denied, avoided, feared. And it's not uncommon, myself included, that you project 
outside of yourself. If I can help somebody with this problem, if I can fix their whatever the list may be, that will one, make a difference in the world. And yes, it does. At some level, it does. But two, there's a misunderstanding that when we do this thing externally, that that's going to fix us internally. And Mm. the reality is, without the capacity to understand why you're doing the things that you do, why do you choose to seek that through the job, through the services, before doing the internal work, I think that leads to a level of frustration, anger, it perpetuates the fear. It actually perpetuates the feelings of unworthiness at the end of the day. Many of us bring that anxiety home to our home front. And it's not uncommon that the last person to see the situation is the person in the situation. So you heard it Mm -hmm. from your spouse and your children. That's kind of the wake up call. Like, oh, everybody around me sees this, but me. Well, Mm -hmm. least common denominator, where does it go to? It goes back to us. It's very fascinating to me. I know so many people who are in the either social welfare field and or uh, education fields Mm -hmm. in some capacity. And your story is so common. And yet the burnout rate for how much can one do, how much can one tolerate, how much can one take in, some of that, again, is out of our control because of all the politics and the rules and regulations and all the things. But your statement of, I'm pushing paper, but these pieces of paper are people, and I couldn't live with that. That's such a very profound and deep statement. Again, what it really speaks to me is, what does that reflect back about what have we said and done or experienced for ourselves that we are a reflection of those pushed pieces of paper? Mm. It goes so deep. I'm curious what led you to choose tapping as your modality or one of your modalities to help people move through their difficulties, their stressors, their anxieties, other areas of their lives that maybe they've read the books, maybe they've taken the courses, maybe they've done the retreats, all the things. Is there something Mm -hmm. for you that you found, oh, this is an avenue through which I can speak to people in a way that will resonate in their core, in their heart, help them heal? Mm-hmm. Well, for me, one of the things that I realized in retrospect that felt really missing from my work as a social worker was the spiritual aspect of who we are. And especially considering I worked with a significant amount of indigenous children and youth whose roots are deeply spiritual. When I discovered tapping, it's a, it's, a physical thing, right? We're physically tapping on our bodies, but there's a, a, a real, for me, a sense of a spiritual experience of feeling the movement of energy in my body, in my emotions, 
around me in my energy field. And yet it is also grounded in science. There's also a lot of science that backs up the efficacy of acupressure and of talk therapy and of the actual combination of the two called EFT tapping and its efficacy on healing, on supporting healing of things, even like chronic conditions, like post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, anxiety, chronic pain. And so tapping felt like this beautiful bridge between for her, all the things that I'm very passionate about. One of the things that I would say that I was really good at in my social work practice was connecting. And even as, as a manager, I always struggled to try to teach our staff how to sort of do what I do because so much of it felt intuitive and it felt spiritual at the time. I didn't necessarily recognize it at that as that tapping for me, it bridges this analytical brain that I have, this sort of studious brain that I have of wanting to learn how, how the brain works, learn about the nervous system, learn about the vagus nerve, learn about trauma and use techniques that I've learned through counseling and psychology and therapy, but blend it with this intuitive spiritual we actually don't really know what's happening ever, really. There's so much occurring in this universe at all times that we have no flipping idea about. And I know it seems like a stretch to say that tapping taps us into that. But for me, that's what tapping does. It taps us into this awareness that we are more than this physical body and these quote unquote problems that we're presented with right here, right now. It's beautiful because when I hear you describe the tapping, the spirituality of it combined with the science and the physical, what you really describe is absolutely mind, body, spirit. It is taking the components of what is it that we tell ourselves in our mind and where do we feel that somatically in our body and how does that impact or have anything to do with our energetic exchange with everything that's around us and above us and through us and beyond us. It is always shocking to me how quickly we can feel somatically in our body and our cells, how quickly we can feel the shift in the body and also feel the shift in the energetic aura or presence around your body. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need to be woody, woody, woo, woo to notice that. I think you just have to not be dead to notice that. If you can just... <laughs> if you can just love that get a little quiet and I don't mean quiet like silent I just mean if you can just slow everything down a little bit and place your attention to the things that we don't see you can actually feel the energy around you. If I actually said to you, hey, Laura, I want you to kind of get quiet. And can you feel the energy, the space between yourself and the wall, between yourself and the door behind you, between yourself and the computer screen in front of you? You could probably say to me, Yes, I can feel the expansiveness of that space around myself. 
Well, if you're able to tap into that, then you're able to tap into the wellspring of intuition and love and knowledge that sits within your being that's stored in your being that is directly connected to whatever you choose to call it outside of ourselves beyond our three-dimensional being call it whatever the divine source god gaia whatever one chooses to refer to it as that whole concept of there's more than us i Mm. think that when people say oh it's so woo or oh it's so whatever word you want to put to it, I think it's only because we can't apply our five human senses directly to it. Oh, if we can't see it, we can't taste it, we can't touch it, we can't hear it. But the reality is you actually do feel it. You do feel it against your body. You do hear it. If you are open to receive information, you get the messages all right. There are people who actually translate the messages from however it comes through whether it comes through as a feeling or an image or a word. And yeah, there's a direct Mabel communication going on 3D to 5D. It's <laughs> out there. It's totally out mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So I think yeah, everybody I the way has- you just explained that. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a phone cord sort of. Um, and I think everybody has it, but I think many of us choose not to be open to it or to partake of it for whatever the reason may be, whether it's, I don't believe in such things, which again is your mind just talking to you, or it's fearful to me because I don't quite understand it, but -hmm. it's absolutely there. I think the ability to use a physical modality like tapping combined with the locations on the body, the energetic meridians and channels It's like a grounding source. When somebody's in a space where they're either overstimulated mentally, emotionally, physically, there needs to be a way to settle that, to bring that to a place so that you can even start to be in the same space to understand and think about or feel about things. I think the tapping is a modality that brings that through. Absolutely. And I think there are so many ways to use tapping. I think as like a self-practice, tapping is really incredible for helping us ground and center, activating body awareness and where's your breath and where are you holding that feeling of anxiousness or fear in your body? And can you just tap and breathe into that space in the body? It's so powerful for that. And everybody can do that, which is so cool, which is one of the things I love so much about tapping is it's literally at your fingertips. It's not exclusive. You can do it. You can have your own self-tapping practice. And then I think beyond that, the capacity for tapping to be a vehicle for profound transformation, I think is unique to each practitioner. In my tapping practice, I really um, value working outside of time. For example, I'll have somebody come 
who's new to tapping or new to me. And the first few sessions, we're using tapping as it's traditionally taught and, and they're learning what their body feels like when they tap and we're developing safety and we're soothing the nervous system. And we're starting to do a little bit of that, like nervous system healing and that type of work, addressing the stressors that are right here, right now present for my client. As we kind of get into it, I start to guide them and show them how we can use tapping to go through what I call these opportunities or portals in in the body, these pockets of energy that are being stored in the body where emotions have been left unprocessed. And then in that we can work outside of time and we can go through these portals and go back to these experiences that happened or these memories or even just these sensations in the body and when they began and we can heal them. We can rearrange them. We can give them a different meaning, give them a different job to do. And it's, yeah, tapping is the vehicle by which that happens. Yeah. What I love, what I hear you say is that there is a way to not only help your body in the current space of the now that you're in, but you can also help to heal through generational events. So to get a little quantum, a little out there, a little sciencey. <laughs> let's uh, do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's my favorite thing ever, right? Science and math. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. We know we're that we're all energy and we know that energy is stored at the cellular level in our human body. And we know that we have particular centers within our body where there are large concentrations of energy. And for folks Mm -hmm. who are new to the word, they're called chakras and they're connected and associated with various organ systems. So if we make this super simple, if emotions and feelings and events can be stored in a cell and a cell is within your body, then it would make sense that you can offer treatment through tapping that will shift energy and move it from one frequency to another frequency or one vibration to another vibration. And if you take this just one step backwards, if we're all cells and we're all genetically derived, then that means you absolutely carry information emotional information, as well as actual chemical information from other generations. So this concept of quantum, this concept of overlapping timelines, the quantum of is now now or is now then or is then never or ever, all those overlapping concepts, which can get a little dizzying, quite frankly, if you really want to get down to it, it can it can get a little baffling. But to make it super simple, what I do hear you say is that through expression investigation and tapping, one could clear events that have blocked our current human expression from really reaching our true self being the heart within our current being. Absolutely. 
So why not? Right. There's infinitely more possibilities and limitations in this universe. And, and I'm not saying that tapping is the only way there's so many cool modalities out there. Tapping can absolutely do all those things that you've talked about. What I find very interesting is that whatever one's approach may be, and as you said, there's lots of different modalities available to us to really help us find our way home, find our way back to our heart, whether it's through verbal exchange and tapping or journaling or through music, it's energetic shifting. At the end of the day, it's energetic shifting. To me, it basically comes down to what speaks to another person. How do they hear that? How do they process that language to the heart? Do you find that there is one particular area? Because I know you have a lot of other accolades behind you. You're not just a person who's certified in advanced tapping and trauma recovery. You're also a facilitator through a program called Mastering the Brain Game, which is really kind of digging into why and how do these triggers influence us and affect us. And so I'm just really curious if there's one area that you have found this tapping is really most successful with. Example, people who suffer with anxiety or people who struggle overachievers, people pleasers. Is there any one thing that you're like, ding, 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 this is where I like to zone in because this is where I find this is my zone of genius. Oh, well, for, for me, I feel like my zone of genius is resourcing younger versions of ourselves and even in other lifetimes, or like you've already talked about connecting into the energy of ancestors, previous generations to feel safe to be alive here now. So I'll explain what I mean about that. I would say that most people's experience of anxiety, which is my jam, I would say the majority of clients who come to work with me all have anxiety of some sort. Anxiety ultimately comes down to a fear of death. I know this seems like a big can of worms, but oftentimes my jam is helping my clients feel not afraid of death. And in feeling unafraid of death, they feel safe to be alive. They feel safe to be alive and to be who they are, to be and not to do. Why people come to me is they are overgivers, they're people pleasers. They've set up their lives in such a way that the boundaries of their lives are constantly overstepped. They have repressed anger. They have anxiety. Maybe they even have chronic headaches, gut issues. Maybe they've even been diagnosed with some more chronic condition. Um, Those things are simply symptoms of this deep fear of dying and It's this concept of like, did I die with the music in me, but I'm too afraid to even live my life 
because I just don't feel like I quite belong here. I'm just not quite enough. When we start to heal that not enoughness and unworthiness, and they begin to feel their worthiness and enoughness simply for being born, simply for being here. And they start to feel that sense of belonging and that oneness and that connection. Again, all of which really is anchored in by tapping outside of time and tapping in the frequency of love. Then they begin to feel safe to move in the direction of what is my song? What is the, what is the music that I am meant to be playing here on this planet? Whether I live or die tomorrow, it doesn't matter. I'm going to express it. I don't know if that answers your question. I would say like, that's sort of my jam and and that's sort of my sweet spot of like what I would say if I had to drill it all down and of course, within that, there's so many layers, right? Oh, gosh, so many layers yes. and so many experiences. And yeah, yes. but to drill it down, that's ultimately what it comes down to, I think. Yeah. Well, I find yeah. it so fascinating. We spend most of our lives not really living. There's a country song like live like you're dying, basically like do the thing now because you don't know when, but yet I'm so curious. What is it that creates this tremendous fear of leaving this earth? Is it because we suffered? That would be the ultimate FOMO, right? Like, oh, if I'm not here, I wonder what else I might be missing out (laughs) on. Be the ultimate FOMO. (laughs) Like, is that the thing? Or is it that because I don't have confidence in what's beyond here, I'm afraid to go, which is also the same, I'm afraid to put my toe in the water and maybe live outside of my comfort zone because it's easier to stay here than it is to see what might be out there. In a way, leaving this earth is a little bit like that because nobody's actually had the opportunity to say, hey, you know what? I was there. Let me tell you. This is what was happening. And so I'm just coming right? back here to let you know, right? That doesn't happen. Yeah. yeah. I think it's also for a lot of deeply feeling humans, I don't want to leave the people I love. And there's a real fear because we feel very beholden to the people that we love. And so there is that, would, would they be okay Yeah. It's just a very, it's so funny how this like jumps off the rails and goes down the philosophy. I know. Here we go. We're talking about death. Here we go. Now we're talking deep, deep stuff here now. But it's so funny. Of course you you and I are having this conversation. Yeah. It's fascinating to me because there's a piece of me that sees this so super simplistically like, okay, we're all love. We're all from love. We will all go home to love because that is the ultimate divine design regardless yeah. of the whole whatever book you like to read it, it that's really the end of the story you're from love you go to love and so there you go and you're here to hang out in earth school and experience the polarity and duality of the whole thing it's interesting because if that's the true belief like it's cool because i'm going to be in this ultimate expression of love when i'm no longer in this human body the common sense thing would be well it'll be okay because we're all going to be there We're all going to do that. 
But then there's the little human mind piece, which is, hmm, I feel like I have this obligation to my friends, my children, my coworkers, my family, maybe even yourself. And if you're not sitting here in this human expression, well, then what? And then that builds this little internal angst and fear of, well, now I'm afraid to go Mm -hmm. because I don't know what's going to happen back home, so to speak, here on the earth, Mm -hmm. on the earth home. But at the same time, there is a piece of me that goes, hmm, it's really interesting that you fluff yourself to such a level that you think it's really all about how you're going to save everybody else while you're here. And that's why you're afraid to leave. I don't know about that. My dad was exactly like this. He was supposed to go in a week and the man lived an extra five and a half months. And I kept saying, it's okay. You know, it's okay. It's all going to be good. And you go when you're ready. And right up to 24 hours prior, he'd be like, I'm not really so sure you guys got this. I think I need to stick around (laughs) a little longer. (laughs) That's so great. So great. But at the same time, it is a bafflement. We spend our lives feeling unworthy, but then we think we're so amazingly worthy, like we can't leave. Yeah. How does that work? Well, and I don't actually know that it's that. I think my experience, what I've seen with people, it's just fear. It's like, do I, can I believe in the power that every human being innately has to be okay? Mm -hmm. For me, that's a continual practice for myself. When my boys want to go for a bike ride by themselves, (laughs) like it's literally a continual thing. The worry mind comes in and says, oh, but I should go with them. I need to like make sure they're okay. What if one of them falls down and I'm not there? So it's a constant practice of saying, no, I actually believe in their power to be okay. And I believe that I have taught them well. And I believe that they are meant to have whatever experience they're meant to have. I think that is part of the antidote to that fear of death is to really truly be anchored in that belief Mm -hmm. that at all times we are all okay, regardless of what's happening. I discovered tapping while on my journey of healing from my years in social work. It was very evident that Okay. It's like time to look at myself. It's time to do this work on a deep level. Why did I choose that? Right. Cause it's all a choice. Why did I choose that? I actually did not mean to end up in child welfare. I wanted to work with older adults. So I thought I'd just be hanging out with all the old people all day, every day. And then I ended up totally different place. But so I had to have chosen that on my journey of beginning to heal from that trauma of my decade in social work, I discovered tapping. It took me a while to get to this place that I'm at now, but in order for me to be okay with understanding, because I had so many questions, right? I remember I would ask people this question everywhere. I grew up going to church and we would have new pastors every few years. I would ask them this question. Why do we live on a planet with so much suffering? How could God let these, and I'm not, I'm not actually a religious person now. I like that. I have that foundational base, but I'm a spiritual person. How could God let these things happen to kids? Those of us who've worked in this field know things that nobody wants to know. And we've met with these children and these, it's awful. Tapping through my healing practice, I came to this deep 
soul surrender that I believe in every child's capacity to be okay, regardless of what happens. I know that there might even be people listening who don't accept that. Like, I don't understand. It's not that I'm okay with what occurs. I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with awful things that happen, but I believe in every human's power to be okay, regardless of the hand life deals them. When I had that realization on my healing journey, it was like I cut a million cords and a significant amount of life force energy returned to my body. I had the awareness that I had been holding onto these energetic cords with all these kids because I managed group homes. I didn't just have like a caseload because I wasn't a child welfare social worker. I didn't just have my caseload of clients. I read every single file that came through for every child in all of the eight or nine group homes at a time that I would manage. I would read files of children to find out if they would even be a fit for one of our group homes. I read like hundreds, 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 hundreds of files of children in care. And I had stored a piece of each of those thinking, if I can just hold onto them for long enough or, or as much as I could and try to send them energy and try to send them love. And so that they know that they're loved, regardless of these awful things that happen and how they're being pushed around, then I will feel better about myself and they will be okay. What the realization, the truth actually is I was usurping their power through keeping my energy out there with them. I was energetically saying, I actually don't believe in your power to be okay. And so you need a stranger because a lot of them, I was just a freaking stranger. They didn't even know me. You need a stranger like me to be energetically trying to support you in some way. And it was just wrong. That was just wrong. What they needed was more self-aware adults who actually held the energetic belief in their power and in that allowed them to steward their own energy by mirroring good energy stewardship. When I had that realization, it was like all those cords were cut. All this energy came back to me. And that was a really profound element of my healing that was a pretty big aspect of what I do and what I endeavor to share with people in my world. Because when we believe in everybody else's, we believe in our own. And then to bring it back to death, then we're not so afraid. I think this is a a beautiful place to end our, our chat or else we'll be on for like six hours. Yeah. I think the message is so crystal clear as we come through childhood into adulthood, that at the end of it, we all have the capacity to be okay. Certainly as children, we may not necessarily have the means by which to have our choice and our say and and some self-control over what occurs in our world, but that doesn't remove the ultimate capacity when you're no longer under the auspices of 18 and under and under somebody else's care, that capacity to release, let go, move forward, heal, 
cut those cords, make new choices, all the things that you are discussing are available to everybody, despite the circumstances, despite the situations. I'm not trying to negate anything that occurs because there's some God awful things that happen in the world for sure. I think the way that we are put here on this earth, we are all put here with a capacity for the greater good, a capacity to express the love, regardless of what has occurred at younger states and ages. And there are, there are just so many stories that actually affirm that information. I think your insight into how you were able to take what could seem like a no way out situation in social welfare where you feel like you're sort of beaten down by the politics of it all and you've really not only come home to yourself to really see the truth of having our own power and not giving our own power away the big thing that i really feel is important for people to discover is the awareness uh, the awareness of these things because once there's the awareness then you can choose what might be the next course of action? What might be the next direction I want to go? So mm-hmm. I think you are a steward of love, of owning it, of bringing it back home to yourself so that you can be the mirror for others. It's beautiful. Tell yeah. me where can people find you? Okay. Well, people can find me at www.selfloverebel.com. And you can download my free EFT tapping ebook there and anything else. I have seen you doing some stories and reels on Instagram. Is your Instagram handle different? My Instagram handle is at self.love.rebel. You can find me on Instagram as well. Thank you, my friend. I love to introduce the world to something that they can do on their own and have guidance for the bigger issues. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. There are some deep truths in today's episode. Please share it out to someone you know who might love it as well. I would be so grateful if you could leave a review on whichever platform you choose to listen to this podcast. And don't forget to click the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. Stay tuned for more each week as we continue to explore the energy of the untamed heart.